0: blog talk radio blog talk radio
1: Like every other ever kid in the hood. Last time this boy cried, when he woke up one morning realized he was a fatherless child. Daddy never there, showed him no love, learned to emulate thugs. Bust loves with their tent to kill. Ran these streets, hide in the cable bill. Paranoid because these streets are stressing him. It's model. Ain't nobody getting the best of him. Round these parts, drug wars make the gun spark. Triggers ain't got no heart. Women are hoes, kids in the way. God, that's just the word in the Bible. They pray for death on their rivals Out here, nobody cares. You can smell genocide in the air from the corners. These kids gave birth to crackheads and chickenheads. They were misled by the father's old heads. They done the a cop reek, work up the reekers. They went to war with the dread. Better off dead it was this old lady said she spoke truth to power as dark as hourly, clothes as cats here at 19. Rest the beat t-shirts, lace his whole team. His mother crying, dressed in black, searched the church, bust the back. Even on this day, a daddy relaxed. You're a self-exiled monarch from your gaps home. Making your king without a throne. Making your son a prince without a crown. Look at him now. He lived and died a fatherless child. And this must be supported, karma. Like Sonia Sanchez being my father's baby mama. So you see my dad, thank you for me, but give me this gift indirectly. Top five, dead alive, wordsmithing, hip hop, army, or poetry. So you think you will outright me, forget it. And you can take that to heart like God said it. Maybe when I'm going, it give me credit, but right now, I'm that boy you want that boy. I'm like Lakeshin Hughes on steroids, Elijah and my little girl, little boy. Better father than my daddy ever was, and the poisonous and drug on the flag, and it's seeping out my soul to you sit next to me, might catch a contact. But I wish forward to the female So I could dive in face first Put my mouth with this verse first Grab my hair and slap her on the backside And ask her whose poetry is this She say it's yours daddy And nine months later she'll make me happy Give me two miracles I mean one wordplay to other miracle. Just so I can walk up to people and say Did you see my lyrical wordplay Never had a daddy but I always had poetry So I gotta thank God for giving me this literary style And maybe this makes us even For me growing up A fatherless child
2: Your moderator, Mrs. Rashida Jabbar This is the flip side Where our young men have the mic Today we have a wonderful, wonderful show for you today We are interviewing Mr. Ted Sutton From Baltimore with the Sutton House And what I would like to do first Is to give a little history of the flip side The flip side began in March the 28th and 2005, and it was started behind a tribute of a dear friend of mine's son, Rashid Malik Hightower, who had lost his life to gun violence on the streets of the city of Philadelphia. And as of an end result of that, um, I feel that we are obligated to our youth and our community to help find solutions that will curtail or and the gun violence and gang warfare in the city of Philadelphia and uh, within our own communities. But right now what we want to do, I want to introduce to you the last LOL boys from the Ville. And we're going to go right into introducing our LOL boys from the Ville, and we're going to start with AP. We have changed some of the young men's names um, for their protection, due to their age, and we all know that with Internet um, services that uh, we do have unkind people. So we want to protect our young men, and we have changed the names. So I would like for the young men to introduce themselves, starting with my young man to my
1: left.
0: A-P-E. Um, Tom.
1: Elijah. All
2: Great. It's a pleasure to have you young men here uh, on the flip side. And what we want to do, we want to check to see if our guest is available, Mr. Ted Sutton. Do we have Mr. Ted Sutton with us? Yes, we do. Good evening, Mr. Sutton. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing well. I'm blessed. I'm blessed.
2: That's great. Mr. Sutton, what we want to do is that we're going to have the young men come on first and then we're going to get into a little topic and discussion with you. But first, they have some questions and introductions that they would like to start with. And we're going to turn this part of the program over to our one of our youngest co-hosts, Mr. A.P. Good evening, Mr. A.P.
0: Good evening. My name is A.P., and I would like to read a quote from Mr. Tassi, Mr. Sainz. He says, I am a community activist freedom fighter, church member, mentor, and devoted family man. But my life has not always been quite that way. The former me was known as Crazy Ted, stand for whatever, and could get the job done, not choosing their friends and allowing their so-called friends to choose them. Good evening, Mr. Sutton. It is a pleasure having you as a guest this evening on the flip side.
3: Thank you. It is true indeed, my honor.
0: Are we going to? We are going to go right into our discussion, Mr. Sutton. I have a two-part question for you. Sure. Number one, you obtained a master's degree from Coppin State College in 2001. What were some yeah. of your goals and obstacles in achieving your degree? Um.
3: Well, to be honest with you. Uh, you have to understand that there are two different worlds out there, and one is um, kind of like mainstream society, and the other one is the streets. Um, when I changed my life around, um, I had a lot of people in the streets that kind of didn't give me support because they they felt that I was trying to uh, do something that they couldn't do. And... um So I I had my own challenges. I would say one of the main challenges was feeling the strong urge to try to be different and do the right thing, but then there were times when I still felt that I owed uh, some loyalty to uh, my friends who were still doing wrong, who at times would call on me and still need it. And number two.
0: What can you give myself and other young boys about achieving through education and its importance?
3: Um, well, one is I would, would definitely say to uh, definitely further your education as much as possible. One, I would say because there's so many avenues and doors that can be opened to the more education that you actually receive. Um, so I would definitely have to say that uh to believe in something and try to make a difference. When you see something wrong or uh, something is going wrong, Is is you have to you can't turn a blind eye to it. You have to stand up for what's right to try to make a difference out there.
0: Thank you, Mr. Sutton. Your answer was helped to encourage me as well as other young boys and men. Thank you. Good evening, My name is Elijah. Mr. Say, can you explain your quote? In speaking to people, you either speak life into them or death into them. Explain that's what you mean.
3: Well, all right. You can have a teacher that could uh, always encourage you, like the, the one. Even when you make mistakes, and they'll say to you, you know, look. Um, young man, and they say, may they may say, Brian, uh, you can really do it. All you have to do is try a little harder, try a little harder, you know. And to me, that's speaking life into someone. It's encouraging them, it's, it's making them feel that I didn't just, you know, uh, mess up and I can't do it. It's just that I need to change some of my work ethics and, and try a little harder. Now, that's speaking life into someone. Speaking death into someone is when you have that person that says, oh, you're not going to be nothing. You'll never be nothing. You'll always be a hoodlum. You'll always be a convict. You'll always be a drug dealer. And to me, that's a person that's speaking death into you. So uh, that's why I say you can either speak life or death into a person. It's, it's about how you choose to uh, to do it. You know, saying, so You so I say when you have someone speaking life into you and positive things, things that are encouraging you, things that motivate you to try to make a difference, then you receive that. And sometimes when people are speaking death into you, you know, meaning saying that you won't be nothing, that you won't live to be 18, you won't do things in life, you'll, you'll always live in the hood and You'll never make it out. And, I mean, when you have people talking uh, death into you, you can't always receive, you know, all of that. you got to take the good, and you have to put the, side, the, the bad on the side. All right, thank you, Mr. Ted. Thank you.
0: Good evening, Mr. Ted. My name is v p. I had the pleasure of meeting you when you came down for the mentoring program with Stop the Madness, Stop the Violence. I remember. I would like to ask you a few questions. Question number one, the fire. Mr. Ted, one day while driving to work, you saw flames from a house no one was helping. You heard children
3: crying. What made you want to help? Well, to be honest with you, I really didn't want to help. um, When I saw that, it's it's just that I saw a situation that I saw that if I didn't do anything, that nobody was. I I ran up on a house and there was, People screaming and they needed help And I saw their neighbors standing out there So I chose to run in And help the grandmother Pulled out the mother She fell to the floor She was paralyzed The father was jumped from the second floor He broke his ankle and But I ended up catching a baby from the third floor And I gave him mouth to mouth And he wasn't breathing now, everybody else was just standing around. That little boy, now that I say that was eighteen months old, is now a young man living his life, and he's—he's—you uh, know—he's—he's he's a, he's a young boy, but he's living. And had I not done something, we may just be holding his obituary. So I, I I like to share that with people because I know some people think that it was crazy that I ran in a burning building and I did some different things, but I have to share with people that sometimes you have to see that when nobody else, if, if you don't do something, who will? If you don't speak up for what's right, who will? So for me, um, I don't. Uh, I guess I don't really say I was looking for something to run into because, believe me, it was dangerous. I saw fire going from one side of the wall across the ceiling onto the other side, so I didn't really want to go in. But I felt compelled to go in because I knew that if I didn't do it, that somebody was going to die, and I and I wouldn't have been able to live with myself knowing that I could have helped save someone's life like I did.
0: Thank you for sharing that with me. My second question, can you please tell us how this has impacted or changed your life? Uh
3: dealing with the fire? Yes. Uh I sure will. Well one is, um, I think that this was a very uh very traumatic fire. This was this was very bad. But when I saw a young girl jump from the third floor, I imagined myself being a person like this young girl who went to sleep with her brothers and sisters around them and maybe playing. And but then that, but then earlier, later on, the fire erupted and things started getting a little crazy. But when I saw that little girl jump out of that window, it made me really see that I had it all wrong. I used to think that you were tough and you carried guns or used to have about 20 guys walking through the mall and people would be afraid of you. But when I saw what this this young girl had to do, this 12-year-old girl who had to jump out of this window, Knowing it was nothing but concrete But below her To me, you know It helped to change my life Because I began to see that The way that I did believe And the way that I did think in the past It was just all wrong So I had a chance to See that firsthand hand um, Because I, I just saw The decision that this young girl Had to make Was not one that I always thought being hard was something different, but I saw that this girl really displayed what I felt was true courage.
0: Mm -hmm,
2: Thank you, V.P. and Mr. Sutton. That was beautiful. Now we have the informative information on Mr. Sutton. Now what we would like to do, we want to speak in reference to How did you become the man you are today? In reference to that, we have to give our audience a little history, Mr. Sutton, and that would be in reference to, we all know that the character, one of the characters on the HBO hit show The Wire was um, inspired by you and the company that you kept back in the day, as we should say. Now I'm going to turn this over. You, Mr. Sutton, um, to give us a little history on that, and then we're going to turn it over to Waldo, who has um, one of our older young brothers here who has some questions uh, pertaining to your life uh, as imitated on The Wire. Okay? So, can you give me a little history about Mr. Ted Sutton, about you involved in the gang activity? But before we do so, Mr. Sutton, there's one question. That Waldo really wants to get off his chest for you Because he don't want you to answer the question Without him asking you questions Okay?
3: Okay, so, alright, no problem No okay. problem
2: Good evening, Mr. Sutton
3: My name is Waldo My question is If you have such good and strict parents What time did you get to go corrupt and down the wrong path? Well, um, well I will say that Both of my parents were civil rights leaders And I'm very proud of this to this day. My mother worked for Mega Everett the summer he was assassinated. My father marched with Dr. King at Southern University and also Grambling University. Now, my father, uh, he spent a lot of time uh, helping people, pastoring in the streets, you know, helping people. So a lot of times he wasn't there. I was their middle child. They moved to Baltimore, Maryland. We actually used to live in Philadelphia at one time on Spruce Street. Um, But when I moved to Baltimore, we had no family at all. So I found uh, that it was hard for adults to protect me. And I saw two different people. I saw people who were getting bullied. And the people who were doing the bullying I saw people who were getting victimized And I saw people who were doing the victimizers. And to be honest with you I didn't want to be a victim So I stood up to some guys And it turned out that these guys were connected To some people in the streets And because I stood up to them They actually liked me They actually wanted me to, to kind of get down with their crew and that's how it initially started. That's why I tell young people now to choose your friends. Don't let your friends choose you because I didn't choose my friends. My friends they chose me. And I I just went with it because if you don't have a program in place, somebody or agenda, somebody will give you one. And that's kind of like what happened for me. So I started to Hang with this rough crowd. And to be honest with you, at the time, it seemed like they were benefits. It also seemed like I was, uh, you know, um, it was a lot of things that started to change for me. And I saw how people treated me. And they treated me a lot different, you know, because I was with, at the time, what I thought was the popular people. So I ended up just really gravitating to that entire life. And it just seemed to be the way that I was going to go. So, no, I, I didn't initially plan to go that way. But because my father at, at the time was very busy helping people, um, because another thing is I didn't have a lot of family in the city where I had moved to. And uh, to be honest with you, I had I planned that I wasn't going to be a victim. So I ended up woken up with a crew that they weren't victims, you know. So it was just the opposite of being a victim. They were the victimizers. And, no, I didn't think it was right, but to be honest with you, you know, I was okay with being with them to make sure that nobody could try to harm me or try to attack me or or different things of that nature. Thank you, Mr. At Mr. Sutton, but another question: uh, You're a part of the freedom fire fight- freedom, fight- freedom fighters, as I heard. Am I right? Am I correct? Yes, I am. I am a. I am a freedom fighter. Yes, I am. Well, since you are a freedom fighter, can you define to me what a freedom fighter is in your own words? Uh, I'd love to. Thank to you. be honest with you, to me, a freedom fighter is a person that stands for justice. A freedom fighter is a person that stands against all wrong. To me, a freedom fighter is not going to stop fighting until they feel that their people are free. So a lot of times people look at that in the wrong way because they say, well, we're not slaves or everybody's not locked up. When I say free, I'm saying that free from from being terrorized by people. You know, free to be able to move wherever you want to move, or go to whatever school you want to go to. You know, and and we need more people to come together and and to help people to be free, free from also p- police brutality or uh, uh, or educational systems that may not be teaching our kids. So to me, when I define what a freedom fighter is. It's a person that's willing to take a stand, sometimes at any cost, or at all costs. To me, that's what a freedom fight is. And you're talking to one of them. Thank you for that piece of information you have given us. Thank you. I'll pass it over to Elijah. Mr. Sutton, I have two questions for you. Sure In 1993 What happened in your life For you to to decide To turn your life around Well I don't know if that's a one part question Or a seven part question Because to be honest with you I I let people know that See when you're hard Only something harder can break you And um, One thing was is my mentor had received a lot of time that was a uh, little Melvin Williams the man they featured for American gangster for Baltimore my uh, best friend he got gunned down and i had to hold his brains in while the paramedics came my other friend he was uh paralyzed from the neck down uh two guys in my crew they both got life plus 20 Uh, My girlfriend died, and then I had one of my close friends to uh, get caught with some guns, and he sent the ATF to my home, and my house was raided. So pretty much I had a chance to see that the streets didn't have any love for me. And everything that I believed in, my entire belief system started to break down and i I came to the point to the realization that everything I had believed in wasn't real. You know it's like this this is, this is the analogy that I give people. I said that just like when you join in this or if you would- if someone said, "Oh, I want you to be in a gang," they tell you all the good things. So it's just like they say they want you to come in, you can eat in the restaurant, you can eat anything you want, and you start to order lobster and crab cakes and hoagies and everything else, anything you want. And then later, when it's time for you to leave, then it tells you how much it costs. And now the bill was $700 or $1,000, and you don't have it. So now you owe them. To me, it's the same way when you, you you find out all of the good things and you don't find out what it's going to actually cost you until it's time for you to think about getting out of it. So those are the things that happened to me in 93 uh, that was a pivotal point in my life as far as changing my life around. Okay, thank you, Mr. Sane. For well, my next question, what was your main focus after paying your life around You said, what was my main focus after? Yeah. After you turned your life around. Oh, after I changed my life around. Well, to be honest with you, my main focus, um, I would say initially it was to try to get my education together so that I could be first a productive person myself because you can't help anybody until you can at least be able to help yourself first. That was number one. But after that, I started to put all of my energy and efforts and focus on helping young men who were like me. Meaning that I don't believe that you should lock every young man up and throw away the key. Because that's what somebody would have said about me. I should just be in jail somewhere. Or I should, or I don't believe that all, all these young men just let them get killed or just let them die, you know. Because I'm sure someone said that about me. I had a principal that was placing a bet on me that I wasn't going to make it till 18 to 21. So what I would definitely have to say is I put all of my energy and focused most of my efforts and everything that I had into trying to save another young man's life that was just like me.
1: Thank you. Um, next will be C
0: Mr Sutton, Mike.
2: My... excuse me, Mr. Sutton. Okay, C J go ahead.
0: Mr Sutton, my question is how big is people... I know there and maybe and do you just mentor youth in Baltimore? But can I get an exact number, if possible? What was your inspiration for the certain house?
2: Incorporation?
3: Um, the moderator, uh, could you please can you, can
2: uh, you say that again? What yeah, question, question was? so I can see
3: him a lot better.
2: Yes, that's fine. Um, Ch is another young man. This is a young man that I was telling you about. He came all the way from Ben Salem to make sure right. that he was right. here. He really wanted to be a part of this to hear what you had to say and to speak to you. So uh, once again, CJ, we are honored that you're here as well. Thank you for coming.
3: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes,
2: we are, most definitely. CJ, question was, uh, in reference to your mentoring, how many young people do you mentor? And um, he knows that there are many, And he also wanted to know, is it just that you're mentoring and giving life coaching skills to the young people that are in Baltimore? And if possible, he's looking for an exact number, if possible. And then he also wanted to know about the Sutton House. What was your actual inspiration for the Sutton House, Mr. Um, Ted Sutton?
3: Okay. All right, well, (laughs) That's you know what I, I never thought I'd ever come up against a difficult question, young man. So I first have to applaud you for that. Uh, when you, to ask me for a specific number, it would it, it wouldn't be the easiest. And the reason I say that is because I have been blessed to make connections all around the country with young men who. I may not see them every day, but I get a chance to talk with some of them who are in different places, like California, like Little Rock, Arkansas, like places like even Chicago or Detroit, New Orleans, and even as close as Chester, Pennsylvania. But I would say uh, I I have a, a strong relationship probably with a few hundred young men. And that's closer to the number. Um, if he wanted a specific number, to be honest with you, I would have to definitely get back with you on that one because I would have to count every young man that you know, uh that I that I actually deal with. Well Mr um,
2: Sutton, so, Let, me, let yeah. me interrupt you here. Well, let's make it a little more easier for the young man so he can understand. I want them to get a clear picture of exactly what you do and the length that you go through doing so. So let's make it a little broader. And other okay. cities besides Baltimore, what are some of the other cities that you have ventured into? We know Philadelphia is one. I also mm-hmm. am aware of that you're in Westchester, that you're mm-hmm. in D.C., Atlanta. So we want to, basically what he's asking, because he knows Ms. Rashida does a few hundred, and we want (laughs) to know, let's give us a state, different cities. Would that better help you, CJ, into getting a better, clearer answer to give a city?